Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. I hope you're having a great day. I am. Can't wait to get into this. Don't forget, today's podcast is presented to you by Superbook Sports Colorado, as well as Blake Street Tavern. Go check them out. They're at 23rd and Blake in downtown Denver. They're closing the doors for good as of April 9th, so go check them out. Also, want to say thanks to 1876 Apparel. They're a Colorado company, so if you want to support a Colorado company, I suggest you do. They got insane threads as well as just some just great, cool Colorado-themed stuff. I got myself some cool whiskey glasses where there's like a, a, a mountain inside the glass. It's, it's amazing. I love it. Uh, go check it out. I'm going to put a link in the description of this, and if you click on the link and buy something from the link, on this, I get credit for that, and that helps out this podcast. So you're helping out two Colorado companies. So that's pretty cool. A lot to get to. Like I said, can't wait. It snowed today, and today's the last day of my kids' spring break. And I got to be honest, it kind of sucks because I was hoping to take them to the park and have some fun and just run around. And now it's just like they're like, nah, it's too cold. It's too wet. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I have my kids making a list of things that they want to do today that we can do while I record this. And hopefully, hopefully this doesn't get interrupted by them screaming and fighting because my wife is working upstairs and her job's much more important than mine. Okay? I can just stop and edit out the screaming. <laughs> she, she can't. When she's conducting a meeting or involved in a meeting, she can't stop everything and just restart or something but anyway so that's going on so hopefully the kids will uh, cooperate and we'll have a good day good show but you know what we need to do right now let's have some fun let's get into some headlines let's go let's go and now here are the headlines <laughs> sign me up this has to be one of the greatest jobs in the world what is it it's scientist it's scientist at mit why do I say this? Because MIT tested 1,000 Oreo cookies to try and crack the mystery of the best way to eat one. They get paid for this. What a great gig. What a great gig. And I'm reading the article and reading the quotes from the scientists. <laughs> and they're like, well, we still haven't figured it out, so we're going to keep cracking on this one. What? What? Who is funding this? absurd. Good for them. Can't blame the scientist people on this one. The smart people. There's a reason why they're smart. There's a reason why they're teaching at MIT and doing all this other shit, right? It's because they're brilliant and they're scamming people for money. Be like, I have an idea. Pay me thousands of dollars. I don't know what you guys get paid for that stuff. It's probably not as much as I think, but that being said, it's more than I make. So fuck off. If somebody wants to pay me thousands of dollars to see what's the best way to eat an Oreo cookie, I can tell you after a thousand of them, I will do what MIT can't. I will tell you after doing a study on 1,000 Oreos, what is the best way to eat an Oreo cookie? Okay? I don't need to rehash it. She's just trying to squeeze them. Squeeze the. Squeeze the moneymaker. That's all they're trying to do. My God. What a great gig. What are some other things that you could do? Because Oreos are one of those things where you people will 
it's all of opinion, to be honest, what's the best way. So you can never come up with a, a, a definite answer. It's Everything is an opinion uh, as far as how you like to eat Oreos. I like to eat them by twisting them off. I got a good batch once where the middle came out completely. It was the entire batch, the entire bag of Oreos. It was amazing, and it was double stuffed. So it was, it was fantastic. And I felt like I, it had been touched by the hand of God. That's how great this batch of Oreos were. But that being said, recently, so I usually like to eat as, I don't like, I, I didn't really like to eat them all as one piece. You split it up, you eat the one side that doesn't really have anything as far as the filling on it. You eat that first, then you scrape or, you know, yeah, I guess you'd scrape it unless in that one case where they it, the middle came out, but you'd eat the middle and then you'd finish it off with the other end, right? So as of late, for whatever reason, oh no, the the they wouldn't come apart without just being crumbly on both sides. So I was like, fuck it, I'll just eat it all as one piece. I'm like, yeah, it tastes fine, good. So there is no answer for this. And they are getting paid for this. So bravo to MIT for scamming the world or scamming at least the funders. <laughs> what, what a joke. It's like, what's the best way to eat a sandwich? There is no right way. There is no wrong way. Unless you eat all the outsides around and eat it like in a circular motion. Then, then, then you're a serial killer in the waiting, right? That's what it is. So maybe there is a right and wrong way to eat a sandwich. Oreo, I don't think there really is. What way do you like to do it? Do you like to dunk them? I've never been a good, I've never been a supporter of dunking cookies and milk. Just never saw, I, I guess probably because I hate milk. But even when I did like milk, I just never thought it was that great. Maybe I had the wrong cookies. Maybe that was the case. I don't know. This is nightmare fuel. And something that I just won't do, especially now that I have children and a wife, is a tourist survived a bungee jump fall in Thailand after the cord snapped. Now, this happened back in January. The, the, the video is now going viral of his, his cord snapping. And it's thankfully, the guy was over a body of water. So when it snapped... He just crashed into the water. But when he crashed into the water, he landed on his left side. So his whole left side is just like mangled as far as overly bruised and just damaged. And the the nice thing, I guess, in a sense, is the park where he was at that did the bungee jumping. They paid for his x-rays and his hospital visit, which... Only is about $300. That's in Thailand. If that was in the United States, it'd be like $30,000, if not more. So what's crazy is he fell from a, it was, he did it from a 10-story high podium. That's where he was at when he initially jumped. So that's, that's crazy to me. It makes me never want to bungee jump. I don't know if you've ever done that. But I would have to say the craziest thing I ever did, and I've told you this numerous times, is I went bull riding once. Not a mechanical bull. That's nothing. That is like little kids can do that. 
I went on a real bull, paid $10 up in Brighton, Colorado. I was 18 years old, and I lasted maybe two seconds, maybe. Landed on my head, shoulder, and my pager, if that kind of tells you how old I was or what year it was when I was 18. But anyway, so I did that. That's probably the craziest thing I ever did and probably the craziest thing I ever will do. I don't see... I don't see me ever jumping out of a plane, not, not, you know, for entertainment. Maybe if it's crashing and somehow I got a parachute. Otherwise, I'm not jumping out of a perfectly good plane. Screw that. What's the craziest thing you've done? Let me know. DeHuffUncensored at gmail.com or you can hit me up on socials at Podcast. That's just, that's scary. And they show it, and it's just like the guy's so happy. His friends are cheering him on. And then, boom, he jumps out. Then as soon as it gets tight, it just snaps. Now, I got to be honest. I've gone to, like, county fairs and stuff, and they do those. those they're not bungee jumps, but they basically have two bungee jumps, one on each side of you, and you jump, and it's kind of like a, a trampoline of sorts. And you jump really high. It's really cool. My kids were on those. And my daughter, who weighs hardly anything, she was on it. And she had two things snap on it. And that's scary. And I'm like, what the fuck? So if you're not checking these cords, then that type of stuff happens. They get old. They get worn. They get worn out from the sun, overuse, just whatever it is. If, you know, it's you got salt water. Nearby, I mean, I'm sure the salt can damage it as well. So just, uh, just I don't see the point in doing it. I don't. But thankfully, he was over a body of water, which I guess, in a sense, if I were to do it, it would be over a body of water. Watching this, be like, okay, I'll do it. Peer pressure, I'll do it. But there has to be like a large, deep body of water underneath me. Otherwise, you know, because I'll deal with the bruises if there's nothing, if if it's just hard ground, you're just going to be, you know, ground meat. That's just awful. We haven't had one of these in a while. And it's it's ironic that this showed up in my timeline this morning because my wife had just brought up this to we met. We met some uh, new friends and and we're we had them over and we're, you know, kind of hanging out. And they my wife brings up my podcast and she's like, oh, he talks about a lot of stuff. Like, you know, you'd be surprised about the amount of random things that people stick up their ass. Well, here we go again. What in the hell is wrong with people? Oh, my God. If it's not designed to go up your ass, don't stick it up there. Okay? A married man, 47 years old, got a, a glass stuck up his butt for three days while he was drunk. He was constipated. But he could still fart, which when I read that, the first thing that came to my my mind was, you know, when you blow into like a beer bottle or a cola bottle and it's like, <laughs> I'm like, that's how it's farting. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it, sorry, that's what just came to my mind. Back off. Anyway, he put a 12 centimeter long glass because he wanted to feel the satisfaction of it up his butt 
while he was drunk. Obviously, it would cause a problem. He couldn't poop. And so he finally went to the doctors after three days. They couldn't, they, they tried to reach in there, couldn't grab it. They were afraid to shatter it because then he would just be totally jacked. But thankfully, it didn't break. And as of until they actually had to cut him open, he had no injuries other than, you know, you got a, a glass shoved up your butt. So they had no other option. Like I said, they ended up cutting his stomach open and then they had to make an incision in his intestine. And then they finally got the cup. The medics did note this, and it's it always surprises me. And every time that we have this on the rundown for a story, I have to remind you. The medics noted that the most cases are of objects stuck up uh, people's rectums are men between. Sorry, that I read that funny. Basically, the age bracket for people sticking stuff up their butt and having to go to an emergency room is 30 to 40 years old for men not ladies, and the common things that are usually stuck up there are soda or beer bottles, deodorant containers. <laughs> I have Old Spice, and that's that's a rectangle, basically. That's bizarre. Wooden or rubber objects. Bones? Who sticks up bones? Ah, you done with that turkey leg? <laughs> I, I got a use for it. I do. Well, okay, man, Carl really loves these turkey bones. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's feeding them to his dog. No, he's sticking them up his up his back end. <laughs> also, people stick up batteries up there. That's just just bizarre. So, don't do that. Listen, if you're into it, I guess just make sure it's something that you can get out. I don't really want to go further into that. So, anyway, you're gonna look at that glass. You know, whatever your glasses are in your cabinet today, you're going to be like, geez, 12 centimeters. Let me measure. Oh, my God. Jeez. Holy cow. That's a full glass of milk. Anyway, we got more to get to here in a second. But first, make 2023 the year you beat Vegas. Superbook Sports gives you the chance every week to go head-to-head with the best odds makers in Las Vegas. There's no fancy computer algorithms, guys. No, no people across the pond setting lines for American sports. Just the best team of odds makers in the business behind the counter at Superbook in Las Vegas. Plus, Superbook features some of the best odds boosts and promo bets anywhere. So go ahead and download the Superbook Sports Colorado app right now or visit Superbook.com. And start your battle against Vegas right now. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. If you got a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. This is Chris Fusley, owner of the Blake Street Tavern. Can't wait for the men in McKinnon to hit the ice. We have you covered at the Blake Street Tavern with the NHL Center Ice Package and ESPN Plus. Guarantee you a seat with sound for every game. It's the Blake Street Tavern, where Denver watches sports. Man, we get offended by everything. And as a parent, I don't understand this one. I do and I don't. But ultimately, I I don't. A school principal says she was forced to resign from her Tallahassee school after parents complained about her pornographic art lesson. Hope uh, Karakia, I, I apologize. I I can't pronounce last names. We're going to call her Principal Hope, 
oversaw her sixth-grade students learn about Renaissance art when some classic pieces like Creation of Adam and Michelangelo's Statue of David were shown, which obviously those show nudity. The former principal claims that the board chair, Barney Bishop, told her to resign or she would be fired. He was more concerned about litigation and appeasing a small minority of parents rather than trusting my expertise as an educator for the for more than 25 years, she said. So Principal Hope explained that after students were shown world-renowned work of art like Birth of Venus, Creation of Adam, and David, all which contain nudity, three parents, three parents complained that the lesson had upset their children. When asked about the resignation, Mr. Bishop stated that it was not unusual in new charter schools to go through several principles, but confirmed that he had given the principal an ultimatum, though he would not say why. Here's my problem with this. It's one. Well, there's a couple issues. One, she should have just let him fire him. She should have let them fire her, I should say. Fire. It, it, it's like when, when I, I guess in a sense, it's like when I threw threw down with my former management at the radio station when they're they're trying to reprimand me for evacuating the building when the fire alarm went off. I was like, go ahead. See how that works for you. You want to write me up? You want to potentially terminate me? Go right ahead. Because I did what was in the best interest of my fellow staff members by getting them out of the building in a safe manner as well as myself. In this situation, she. Now I will say this: usually in stuff like in situations like this, you usually have them s sign a release, and to avoid situations like this. But that being said, in our oversensitive environment that we have uh, created, it. <laughs> It's just frustrating as shit. Is it the end of the world? No, because I'm guessing this, this much about those three students. They've probably seen a penis before. They've probably seen a vagina and boobs before. They're in sixth grade. They're not seeing anything new, most likely. And if they do see it, guess what? It's art. If these were like second graders, maybe, maybe, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I guess it's, it's a matter of opinion on that one, but I don't see where the, the teachers and the school system did too much wrong. I will say this. They probably should have sent out a release. Hey, your kids are going to be seeing these forms of art. Click on the links to see what we're talking about. If you're uncomfortable with this, please, we'll uh, have them stay at the school and not attend the field trip type of thing. That's what they should have done. But that being said, I think with her resigning, it kind of took away some of her power for, you know, them, you know, putting pressure on her to leave. I would have just been fine. Fire me. Fire me. See how that goes. Because it would have ended much more poorly 
for them than her. That's an interesting one because I think that, I guess it depends on the kid. It depends on the family. But should she have lost her job? No, no, I don't think so. If you disagree with me or you maybe you do agree with me, that's fine. Let me know. DeHuffUncensored at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback on that. It is kind of a interesting thing because I can kind of see it both ways. I can kind of see it both ways. I'm riding the fence. Not really giving a strong opinion about anything. <laughs> Although if it was my kids, I wouldn't care. Be like, oh, yeah, it's art. What do you expect? My kids have seen stuff like that. And guess what I say to them when they try to giggle? They're like, what's the big deal? It's just boobs or penises. You, what's the big deal? And guess what they do? They stop laughing and they're like, okay, yeah, no big deal. It is no big deal. Dad, some people are just so sensitive. But let me know your thoughts. A Starbucks, The Starbucks new CEO, Laxman, Laxam, Laxman, it's spelled Lax. Man, that's his first name. Never seen that before. Anyway, the new CEO of Starbucks spent six months on a deep dive into all aspects of the company's operations, from their supply chain to how the barista works the drive through He told this to the Wall Street Journal. The sheer number of cup and lid combinations baristas had to manage was staggering. Yeah, that's the only thing that they have to deal with that's staggering. How about annoying customers? We're all annoying. Like, we, st I was talking to somebody the other day about this. You stand in line for, like, five minutes, then it's your turn, and you're like, I don't know what I want. <laughs> I used to hate that when I worked in restaurants. I'm like, what have you been doing in line? I don't know. What do you recommend? A burrito. How about that? Anyway. So he said now that he has earned the barista certification and put up put it into practice, the new CEO plans to keep his skills sharp by visiting a different store for half a day once a month as a barista. And he told the, the journal, the Wall Street Journal, that he expects senior executives to do the same. Okay, I'm split on this. I, on one hand, I appreciate it. Because you're getting to know what the employees, the people, the blood of your organization, you get to see what they deal with on a regular basis. You get to, you get to experience, one, how they deal with customers. Two, how the product works in putting the product together. So when you're implementing changes across the board, you can go, listen, as a barista, I know this is going to be a problem. Or as a barista, I know this is going to help make things better. So in a sense, I appreciate it because I think more companies could benefit from this to have people that know how to do the job. But there's also a part of me that this makes my skin crawl. And only because, there, here's the thing, as somebody, like I said before, working in restaurants, when the bigwigs would come in and try to you know, do what you do, as a quote-unquote grunt worker or whatever you want to say, and they come in there and they just fuck shit up. We had, when my brother and I ran the Quiznos and Boulder, I don't know if it's still there, I don't know if it's still busy, if it is, but it was the busiest store location aside from DIA. DIA just was insane, and it probably still is. But anyway, 
we would have corporate people come in constantly and try to work a lunch with us. And it was just like, oh, we can do this. And there was at least one time I kicked one guy off the line. I'm like, you're screwing everything up. Sorry, you got to go. Which is pretty bad because I was not a fast employee. <laughs> I was not. So if I kick you off for being slow, you must suck. You must suck. But that's the thing that bugs me about that. And I get I get flashbacks of that, of the individuals that are doing it for appearances and they're not actually working. They're not being bene- you know, a benefit to the staff and the customers. So you will have some managers that go in there and they're quick and they're good. And maybe it's because they work their way up or they're just naturally somebody that can pick things up and they work well. And also it makes me wonder, are they, are they going to be putting in full eight hour shifts? If they are, that's great. But if they're only going in there for like two hours, no, no, you need to feel what it's like to work in a full shift and do all the work, clean the bathroom, do all that stuff, the stuff that everybody does. So I applaud this, but you better do it, go all the way if you're going to do this. And you better be good because eventually it's going to irritate the shit out of the employees. Be like, crap, we got this guy coming in or this lady coming in from corporate and she's going to work, make her appearances, take all her, her, you know, Twitter pictures or Instagram pictures, post them. And then she's out of here in an hour. And, and that's just more frustrating and is going to cause harm. I'll, I'll applaud this if two years from now, the CEO is still doing it. If he's still doing that, what, once a month where he works a shift, then I'll be like, dude, I applaud you. Because by then, he's gonna he should be really good if he's putting in the eight hours. Think about whatever job you do. There's always those higher-ups that usually, you know, oversee what you do, and they think they know what you do, but they've never actually done it. They've never put in the grind. Now, some of them have put in the grind, and they get it. It was that way at the radio station where when I worked in radio. There was always, like, there's certain individuals where you're like, how long ago were you at my position? And did you actually do it, or did you quickly bypass this position for some reason? Who did you sleep with to get past this? <laughs> there are some people you're like, how the fuck did he advance? Or why is he management? We don't need to get into that. We don't need to get into why some people are management. And because that you'll never get the answer. Because there's some people that are deserving to be management. And there's some people that you're, you just sit there and scratch your head because you're like, that makes no fucking sense. They are morons. <laughs> and I've worked with a lot of them. Hell, I was probably one at one point. People are like, how the fuck does Scott get this job? He is dumb as shit. And I'm like, (laughs) hi, guys. Who wants a burrito? Anyway, so let me know your thoughts on that. Would you like that in your job? Or have you experienced that in your job, plus or minus? Was there a good situation or was there a bad situation? I told you mine where I had to kick the guy off the line. And it was one of those things where it it wasn't social media really wasn't around back then. I don't think 
when when this happened. But he was just like, you know, he had a group of people behind him, and they're like, oh, look at Todd go. <laughs> he's making a he's making a sandwich. <laughs> go, Todd, go. And we're just sitting there, and my employees are looking at me like, what is he doing? He's he's screwing it up. And you got a line out the door that you need to cut through. And customers don't give a shit if you're from corporate or not. They just want their product. So they don't have time for that. And they're usually they're short on time because they're going in there to, you know, get their food as quick as possible so they can get back to work so they don't lose their job. So I this is a big hesitation thing for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but uh, it kind of bugs me, kind of bugs me. Maybe your industry. Well, see, and that's the thing. That's where I appreciate people that work their way up. I love to see stories like that. There was a guy that I don't remember what airline it was. He worked his way up from a baggage handler. And I want to say within three years, because he was going to school and stuff like that too. He's now a pilot for the same airline. Like that's awesome. You, I love to see stuff like that. So he knows how everything works. So when you're, when you go through the channels, like you have a complete understanding of what's going on, quote unquote, underneath you. And that's a big deal. You're like, dude, I've done this before. I know how this works. It helps a lot to, to manage things. If you can say to an employee that's complaining about an impossible gig, be like, you're asking me to clean the toilets and, you know, do this. And like, I just can't do it. Bullshit. I used to do it. I did it. Quit being a baby and do your fucking job or I will get somebody to do it for you. Now, that being said, I'm talking about entry-level jobs. If you're somebody that is an engineer that, and you're dealing with people that, uh, you know, went to school, extended schools to, to do what they do, I mean, that's a little bit different. So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting situation. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. If you've had some uh, interesting interactions, let me know. DeHuffUncensored at gmail.com. Speaking of companies trying to, you know, do things a little differently, the Denver Broncos surveyed their ticket holders about new stadium preferences, preferences and location. Sorry. The Walter Penner Group is the obviously the new ownership group of the Denver Broncos. Now they're doing they're doing like more than a hundred million upgrades this off season, and I was just over there actually the other day. I met somebody that uh, made me some demo stickers for the podcast, which are awesome. I'll have to show them to you here shortly uh, in the near future, but they're really cool. And I was just over in that area, and I'm like, oh, let me swing by the construction, and it's it looks awesome. Now, that being said, it's not like they allowed me to go in there and put on a hard hat. Oh, the Huff's here. Oh, yeah. He runs a podcast now. Oh, okay. Let's let him through. Give him VIP status. No, I was in the parking lot, and it looks like they're doing a lot of shit. Cannot wait to see what ends up happening. But anyway, going back to the survey, they asked several questions. What would... Uh, what would an authentically 
Denver or, or authentically Colorado Stadium look like? That's a very interesting question. I think that with that, you kind of look at Coors Field in in a sense where they have those pine trees. Is it pine trees that they have those in the outfield? Just really kind of makes it look Colorado. And maybe the stadium has what one you'd you'd have to have something where in the west that you see the mountains, right? And then maybe on the other sides you have pre-designed you have designed mountains that are actually part of the stadium but why would you cover up the actual mountains so it'd be nice that at, at had it look if you're looking west from inside the stadium you see a the beautiful view of the rocky mountains i think that that would be something cool like that and obviously you can go into more details i don't know what do you think that answer is i don't really know the, the first thing that stands out to me is showcasing the Rockies, the beautiful mountains of Colorado, and maybe bringing some of that into the stadium where you have some parts where maybe you do have some trees in there. I think that would be kind of neat because that's Colorado. Uh, if you have an idea on that, let me know to huffoncensor.gmail.com. What are favorite roof? What are your favorite roof configurations in order of preference at a new stadium? I think, in all honesty, if... Denver and the Denver Broncos are serious about possibly um, hosting a Super Bowl one day. You got to have a retractable roof. It's whether or not they want that to happen or not. I think if you end up building a new stadium, that you would have to have that option. That being said, ask a player, do would do you mind playing in the snow, in, in the elements? They play on real grass in Denver, which is a big deal. Do they want to be playing in the elements? Because if you're only getting, if you're only spending the money for a retractable roof because you want to host one game, is it worth it? And if so, well, I guess the other thing you would do is it would it would go beyond the the uh, Bronco games because Bronco season's over. Then the then the stadium could also host concerts as well. You just close the stadium if need be, and then they can continue to make money that way. So maybe it would be beneficial to get the retractable roof, not really use it very often. I don't know. What do you think? DeHuffOnCensored.gmail.com. I think that's an interesting thing to think about. And do you really want a Super Bowl one day in Colorado? As somebody that's covered Super Bowls, I mean, you get a lot of people in there. It would be great for downtown and a lot of the surrounding businesses there. It, it's huge. It, you get a lot of people. But that being said, you also get a lot of people. <laughs> and there, it's not always good people that are hanging out. So it, it's an interesting thing. I would be for it. I would be for a, a retractable roof. I wouldn't want a permanent roof, but retractable, yeah, I'd be good for. They also asked, uh, ranking the importance of Bronco traditions like Miles the mascot standing above the scoreboard before the fourth quarter, the incomplete chant, and Thunder running the field after touchdowns. So here's the problem. 
I actually, the thing that I have a problem with is Thunder running on the field after touchdowns because I believe it was Alfred Williams who tore his Achilles because he stepped in one of the divots created by Thunder. And it just popped his Achilles. So maybe they could alter that. I don't know how, but I, I would hate for them to lose the horse in general. I think it's pretty cool, but if it could potentially cause injuries, that's the problem I have. I love seeing Miles the mascot up there. I think that's cool. That gets people pumped up. It, he's a good part of the organization. The incomplete is kind of annoying at times, but that being said, I think it's more annoying to the other team. And I kind of like it. It's like incomplete. Fuck you, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I think this is the year, by the way, that the Broncos finally snapped that nasty streak to the Chiefs. We'll talk about that another time. Ranking the tailgate experience, preferred method of travel to the games. I think the Broncos tailgating, I, I covered the Broncos tailgates one year for the radio station, and I was pleasantly surprised going around from tailgate to tailgate and seeing the variety of setups. It, it's mind-blowing to me, I and I, it's exciting to me. Some of you really just class it up. There was one there was one group that I saw, they, they had lobster tails and shit like that. I'm like, this is fancy as fuck. But even like you go down another one or another two, and then there's people just, just hanging out, drinking beer. And that's cool too. It's just fun. And it's such a great atmosphere and everybody's getting along. And what was neat was seeing people just talk, whether they knew them from the seasons past or they're like hey you're a new person how you doing and it was just like this big family in the parking lot and i thought that was really neat something that doesn't get a lot of attention and maybe that's something i'll do this this upcoming season for mile high sports is really get to know some of you tailgaters maybe we'll mix it in with mile high life and get the cuisine side of it and just where you guys are from uh, from around the state or even neighboring states because there's people that come in from Wyoming for the games and do that shit. So that's that's kind of a neat thing. What's your preferred preferred location of a new stadium uh, compared to the uh, current location? Would you rather it be more downtown, northeast, southeast, northwest, or s southwest as the choices? That's that's one you would really have to sit down with. I, I would hate to take it out of downtown because it would really hurt a lot of the businesses around there that really thrive during Bronco season. So I, I would hate to see those individuals, those businesses get hurt. So, I mean, if you subtract that out of the equation, which is a big subtraction, I would say put it out more east and towards you Dick's Sporting Goods Park or something like that where you can make it huge and make it a big event place. But I, I don't know. I hate to take it out of downtown I, I it's where it's at. So let me know your thoughts. Is there a good place to put it? Thehuffuncensored at gmail.com. And how would, you, how would the presence of a mixed-use development, retail stores, et cetera, impact when they arrive at 
or leave the stadium. Oh, so meaning like they would put like retail stores or, you know, more gift shops type of things at the stadium type of thing. I think that would be cool. As long as they're reasonable price, that's the problem is there's times you go to an event, like you go to a ball arena and you're like, oh, that's a cool jersey or that's a cool whatever. And you look at the price and you're like, this is fucking ridiculous. I can't afford that. I'll just go wait till they're on sale somewhere else. I, I think you guys got to know your demographic. If you want to sell something, make it a, a decent price. It's like the concessions. Lower the con- concessions. If you have happy fans, that goes a long way. So I suggest you guys look into that. Lower the concession stands, the, the, the cost at concessions, and see how that can benefit you. Look at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. See how they did it, and they've profited from that. They've profited from that. If, if you lower the prices, people are happier, and they end up spending more. And listen, you're, I know what the prices are on uh, a lot of those things. You're, you're fucking scamming the shit out of people by jacking up the prices. Now, that being said, Denver stadiums aren't as bad as other stadiums out there, but they could be better. And I think we all deserve, when you spend your hard-earned money on these tickets that are an arm and a leg, to get a decent price on a beer and a hot dog. Am I right? So please, guys, ownership group of the Denver Broncos, listen, please, lower the concession stand costs. Please do that. Denver Bronco fans deserve that. They're paying a shit ton of money for booze and food. So drop it. Fix it. Tickets are expensive. We're all on budgets nowadays. Make the people happy. Give them what they want. People want a wiener and a beer, okay? Make it a reasonable price. Anyway, let me know your thoughts on all those. DeHuffOnCensored.gmail.com or you hit me up on socials at Podcast. A lot of good stuff in there, like with the Broncos stuff. It makes you really think. And it and I like that they're surveying the, the fans. Now, they're not surveying all the fans. They're just doing the season ticket holders. But that's where you can have a voice with me, and I'll relay it if be like, listen, guys, this is what Chuck from, you know, Commerce City says. He says, you got to be doing this. Listen up, fuckers. He said, Mr. Walton, Penner Group, whatever, the beer should be $2. Oh, my God, that would be great. <laughs> People be hammered. Now, the problem is, is there's going to be people that abuse that, but it is what it is. I don't know. It's not my problem. (laughs) Anyway, thank you guys so much for joining the podcast. Hope you're having a great day. Hopefully this put a smile on your face at least a little bit, and hopefully it made you think a little bit about what's going on in, in businesses around you and maybe your business itself. So it's very interesting. If you have some uh, feedback for the podcast, please let me know. DeHuffUncensored at gmail.com. Or again, you can hit me up on my socials at Podcast. My kids have not been yelling or screaming, so that's some good news. Now i got to figure out where the hell do they want to go. Where do they want to go? I'm guessing Taco Bell is on the list. That's probably one of the things, which is fine because it's cheap. It's cheap. Sure, my gut will be going, what the fuck are you doing? But it'll be worth it. Totally worth it. 
Thanks for listening. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Share if if you're able. Thanks so much to Superbook Sports Colorado as well as Blake Street Tavern. Again, they're at 23rd and Blake in downtown Denver. Check them out before April 9th. That's their last day, and that's when they close their doors for good. So go check them out. Also, thanks to 1876 Apparel. They're a Colorado company. Go support them. Click on the link in the subscription or the description down below. And when you buy something through the DeHuff's Picks, you will help out two Colorado companies. One, them, of course, 1876 Apparel. But you'll also be helping out me because a portion of that will go back into this podcast. And then that will help me uh, make it bigger and better and possibly develop my own merch again and uh, get that in your hands. So, Plus, the gear that they have on 1876 Apparel is just insane. I got my wife these uh, hoodies, and they're super soft. I'm, I'm a snob when it comes to sweatshirts and, and shirts. Is They got to be soft. If they're not soft, I don't want to wear them. And if they have a shitty design, I don't want to wear them. And that's where they knock it out of the park. So go check them out. Get something from the DeHuff's picks, and then we'll be good to go. Thank you guys so much. Keep moving forward. Have a great day. Don't be a dick today. Blah, blah, blah. All the usual stuff uncensored. I'll talk to you next time.